NFL free agency frenzy takes another crazy turn on Wednesday. Aaron Rodgers has finally spoken out about what he's going to do in 2023. We're going to discuss that and more on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll! You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Football fans, we are smack dab in the middle of one of the craziest weeks of the football calendar. Free agency has been wild indeed, but it got even crazier on Wednesday when we finally heard from Aaron Rodgers and what his intentions are. We're going to discuss that. Also going to talk about all of the quarterbacks that change teams and which we think will do the best in their new environment. Also, wide receivers have changed teams with Juju Smith-Schuster most recently going to the New England Patriots. Which of the top three wide receivers that have signed are going to have the best year with their new team? And which signings out of all of the rest have been the best or the worst? Me and Alex are going to discuss all of that before we do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel is the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. Also, thank you for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year round on all platforms, including your favorite podcast app and the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And remember, it's always free. So make sure you get subscribed and stay subscribed to the Locked On NFL podcast. But Alex, we saw Aaron Rodgers finally go on his best buddy Pat McAfee show on Wednesday and say it is his intention to play for the New York Jets in 2023. I know that Aaron Rodgers is one of your favorite players and favorite personalities in the sport, Alex. Just quickly give us your your thoughts on on Rodgers finally coming out and saying what a lot of us thought was going to happen for quite some time now. You know, I've thought about this exactly because I know you'd ask me that question. And I've written something out very succinctly, and it's (laughs) who cares? I'm at the point now where we're looking at Aaron Rodgers as Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. We're looking at Aaron Rodgers as the guy who still wears his Letterman jacket. Aaron Rodgers, although he's won NFL MVP two out of the last three years, has never amounted to what he's supposed to amount to when games count. He's gotten paid so much money for holding an organization hostage over the better part of the last decade. So Aaron Rodgers, the gall and the guile that he has to string this out as much as he had has mm-hmm. is categorically insane. <laughs> this is not about anything other than him watering the plant that his his ego that's as high as Jack's beanstalk now. This is a completely insane situation that all of us have to withstand. I feel bad for the Jets. I feel bad for Robert Sala. I feel bad for the young wide receivers. I feel great for the New York media 
because this is going to be the best two years of their careers if he does end up getting traded there. And I'm sorry that that sounds like a cop-out answer. I don't care. I'm over it. Yeah, well, I, I understand that completely. And to me, you, for, from my perspective, you, you covered that right there. I think it could work for Rodgers in New York with the team itself. But I don't think that the Jets roster is such a slam dunk that adding Rodgers to it instantly makes them a championship contender. I just don't see it that way. And like you said, with the media relationship in New York and how that works, I would be very surprised if Rodgers was happy with the Jets. So he may be on his way to some unhappiness, which may make some other people happy. What I do want to say is I found it interesting. The big interesting thing for me with Rodgers, and I get it, you're like all this melodrama, who cares? But the one thing that was really interesting to me throughout the week with the Rodgers situation is Trey Wingo on Monday said, Rodgers is going to the Jets. The, the deal is done. Like the, the, the mystery is over. And because Ian Rappaport refused to see it that way, because Adam Schefter refused to see it that way, a bunch of people were like, oh, we don't know what's going on with Rodgers. We don't know if he's going to go to the Jets. We I can't believe people fell for that. Wingo told us what was going on, and I think you had to have your head in the sand to not realize exactly what the situation was. Rodgers was always going to the Jets. I didn't need Rodgers to go on McAfee to confirm it. I I didn't need Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport to tweet it for me to believe it. I saw the report from Wingo, who gets more information from Aaron Rodgers than any of the top two guys are going to get, or, you know, a James Palmer or Mike Garofolo or anybody like Rodgers. Right. Rodgers is counterculture. For better or for worse, he wants to go against the grain, not do things the traditional way. That that makes him happy. That, that floats his boat. So we should not be shocked that Rodgers purposefully didn't give a scoop or a story to Rappaport or Schefter. He wanted to do it in his own fancy way that makes him look special. So I, I just can't believe that so many people were like, well, I'm not going to believe it yet until we see it from when it was obvious all along what was going on. But Rodgers wants to go to the Jets. I think the interesting thing going forward is now yeah. the Packers have the Jets over the barrel. They have yeah. them at the gun. Oh, oh, well, Rodgers just said he wants to go to your team. Now you got to trade for him. What are you giving up? So I think Rodgers, who may have been mad at the Packers for pushing him out at this point, actually did them a favor. So if you're the Packers, you have to feel pretty good that, yeah, Rodgers uh, held you hostage the last few years. But now you get to hold the Jets hostage on behalf of Aaron Rodgers as a little bit of payback. Yeah, and it's interesting because you'd think that, you know, the salaries aren't going to match up when you trade them, right? Mm -hmm. So right, right, you think it's a situation where Green Bay may have to send draft capital like, like, or, or they have to eat a bunch of the contract. Some and way they may like, have to. And yeah. what is that? So yeah, so, so what does that look like? Like, if you're Green Bay, so let me ask you this because... We talk about every every option here. Is there any way that Green Bay is like no? You're staying in. You're staying a Green Bay Packer. Like, is there any way that they say you know what mm. enough? And I'm assuming no. I'm assuming this is a this is a formality. But if Green Bay has any sort of kajingas, they could say you know what, tough. We're going with Jordan Love. You're the second string quarterback, and we'll pay a year just so you don't get what you want. I know that that's not going to happen, but like, what what's a what's a route where <laughs> that he doesn't end up on the Jets? Maybe I should have asked it that way. Is there right. any well, way? I I don't. I I don't think there is a route, and I think that some organizations who have an actual owner, like a specific owner, right. they can be driven by petty emotion. 
I think that's more likely to happen with a, with a team that has a real owner. But the Packers, their ownership situation, I don't think that the Packers would put their own personal emotions of wanting to kind of give Rodgers the finger over getting some assets back and some cap relief back. I think maybe some other teams would do it differently because of their owners, but I think the Packers are a team that always puts the team first, always puts business first. So I think he does end up on the Jets, but obviously we wait and see what the compensation is. One one last question. If you're Joe Namath, do you let him wear number 12? No. No, I absolutely do not. Uh, At this point, Joe Namath needs to worry about his own legacy, his own history, how he'll be remembered when he's gone. I won a Super Bowl for the New York Jets, the only one they've had. I called it. I made the prediction, the guarantee, all of that, all that legacy, all that history. Maybe that is petty in itself, but if I'm Joe Namath, I'm not giving up my number to you. you got to earn that or prove something to me uh, other than what Rodgers has done. I, w- I would not do that if I was Joe Namath. Keep Same. your own history. Keep your own legacy. You're the best quarterback in Jets history. You don't give the number away. But uh, that might be a window into my personality, but uh, we're going to move forward on that note. Talk about some wide receivers and some other quarterbacks in free agency as well. Talk about some other signings around the event. The Cowboys are releasing Ezekiel Elliott, so that's crazy news. The news is coming in fast and furious. This week, we're going to talk more free agency in just a moment. Before we get into it, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Look, the NFL season is over. We're in free agency, but we're in the best part of the NBA season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back, even if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to how many points a guy is going to score to how many three-pointers someone is going to make. My favorite thing to do in sports gambling is a single-game parlay on an NBA game. You bet a couple of guys to score this many points, a couple of guys this many rebounds, a couple of guys this many threes. Add it all together. You bet a little to win a lot. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Locked on NFL Thursday rolls on. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland, Locked on Titans. We make up Locked on NFL Thursday. Thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. It's not all Aaron Rodgers news because Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer as we sit. There are five quarterbacks that have made roster moves, roster changes, jersey changes over you know the last 72 hours or so. And Tyler and I are going to run down which we think is the best, which one may not be the best fit, and everything in between. The five, and, and we will include Aaron Rodgers into this. Uh, yes, for Derek, discussion purposes. Derek Carr, New England. Jimmy G, Vegas. Sam Darnold, San Francisco. Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay as of yesterday morning. And then Aaron Rodgers, you know, by all accounts, will end up in New York Jets. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. Best, worst move by 
quarterbacks who are now wearing a different jersey come 2023? Well, I got to be honest with you. I don't I don't have a worst move, I, I, I guess. I, I think that all of them kind of make sense. If, if you're the Jets, you go out and get Rodgers. Uh, they're in desperation mode with a decent roster. I don't know if it's quite good enough to get you to a Super Bowl, even with Rodgers, but I understand it. I think Baker Mayfield to Tampa Bay makes a ton of sense. Small financial commitment. Still have the opportunity to be terrible and get Caleb Williams or Drake May. So I think that was smart from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think. Uh, like you said, I do cover the Titans. I wish the Titans would just release Ryan Tannehill, mm. save $18 million, and then go pay Baker Mayfield $4.5 million. I'd rather do that, quite honestly. But So I don't hate that for Tampa Bay. Sam Darnold in San Francisco, I think that makes a ton of sense. Take a former first-round talent, and we know Kyle Shanahan could make a bar stool be good at quarterback. I mean, it's ridiculous what he's able to do. So that makes sense. Jimmy G to the Raiders, they only paid like $22 million a season. Not a big enough financial commitment to prevent them from getting their quarterback of the future if they want to. But at the end of the day, I think in terms of which player is going to have the most success, for me, it's Derek Carr on the Saints. I think you've talked about this a lot about the division in the NFC South because we talked about him maybe going to the Panthers who, since we last spoke, traded for the number one pick. So we know that's not happening, but still a pretty good situation for Carolina there. But similarly, Baker Mayfield's now the quarterback in Tampa Bay. Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke in Atlanta. Uh, Derek Carr immediately is the best quarterback in that division. The Saints are keeping Michael Thomas around. While they've had to make cuts and make changes due to salary cap there and salary cap purgatory every year, somehow 60, 70 million over the cap and find a way to get it done. But to me, in terms of opportunity to do well in the NFC South, in terms of roster and then talent as a quarterback, I think Derek Carr will have the best season with his new team out of Carr, Garoppolo, Darnold, Baker, and then Rodgers. Yeah, and I think that's fair. When you say that there isn't a, kind of a, what the hell, why, that doesn't make any sense. I feel like we're uh, removed from that completely. My favorite one's probably Derek Carr, but Sam Darnold's going to start games. Like, yeah. it just, the chance of him not starting games in 2023 is slim. He may be the week one starter. Like depending on depending on Trey Lance's rehab yeah. and you know I, it, it took it, it it took Brock Purdy a while to have his surgery it, he like there's inflammation still like that's gonna be a while it's a UCL yeah. so Sam Darnold could very well be a Week One starter unless they you know they somehow draft a quarterback or something I, I don't know what San Francisco would do but uh, Jimmy G all he does is win games when he's healthy that's yep. a stable force in Vegas which makes sense he got paid exactly what he should have got paid you look at the number you're like oh oh uh, yeah that's right. Like, it's not too much. It's not too little. It's perfect. Right. Because he's still, you know, again, all he does is win games. You have the familiarity with Josh McDaniels um, and Aaron Rodgers. Like, we'll see. Like, there's no guarantee that just because Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are there that it's going to work. There's no guarantee Brees Hall coming off an ACL injury that it's going to work, that the offensive right. line's going to work, that the defense is going to be able to replicate what it did last year, even though that's the strongest force there in East Rutherford. Like, for me, the best is Derek Carr because that offense is just ready. Juwan Johnson had a fantastic yep. year last year. Chris Olave mm -hmm. has shown that he's a bona fide number one. You have Alvin Kamara. They're going to be able to run the ball regardless, and Derek Carr raises that floor from where they were mm -hmm. last year. So I agree. I mean, it's it's kind of all tr all um, tied for first. Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just don't see 
I don't see anything that I necessarily think is a bad idea immediately jumping out to me. You know what I mean? But also, with that, there's no world beater move there. These are all B-level or worse quarterbacks. Like, none of these teams are going to win the Super Bowl because of the quarterback. So I think that's part of the reason why it's like, oh, they all make sense because none of these teams are a threat with the quarterbacks that they signed. Yeah, I think the only quarterback that's logically going to change teams this year that could really have that kind of is maybe Lamar Jackson, which we'll probably get more information. As soon as we get done recording, there'll probably be some huge story about Lamar and something like that. But while we have time here in our second segment, I did want to transition to the conversation about wide receivers because there's a couple of wide receivers that got big deals. Well, not really big deals, honestly, that are going to be playing with these quarterbacks we just discussed. I think the wide receiver market has been incredibly fascinating. Everybody said going into free agency, this is not a great group of wide receivers. This is not a strong free agent class. Teams are going to way overpay. Well, it turns out teams are smarter than that, and they're not overpaying. We've seen three wide receivers. Now, right before we started recording this, Juju Smith-Schuster signs with New England. But along with that, we have Jacoby Myers signing with the Las Vegas Raiders to play with Jimmy Garoppolo. And we have Alan Lazard signing with the New York Jets, expected to play with his old friend Aaron Rodgers. If I recall off the top of my head, all three of those wide receivers got three-year deals for like $33 million. They all got like $11 million a season, which in free agency, people were, if you look at spot tracks estimations, pro football focus estimations of contract value, they were thinking some of these guys would get $16, $18 million a year. And it's just simply not happening, which good on NFL teams for doing that. But out of Juju Smith-Schuster to New England, out of Jacoby Myers to the Raiders, and out of Alan Lazard to the Jets, which of those do you think has the best year next year? I bet we agree. Yeah, I mean, the obvious is TBD, depending on Aaron Rodgers. But I still think it's Jaco- like Jacoby Myers. Yes. Especially yep. if you're a fantasy football guy, Jacoby yep. Myers just produced. You know, he's kind mm-hmm. of Gabe Davis light. Like, not exactly the same skill set, but a bona fide high-end wide receiver two, average wide receiver three, depending on scheme and, and the other talent in the wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's totally low risk. Depending on what they do with Hunter Renfro now, I don't know if they're going to move him after moving Darren Waller, but him being able to not have double teams whatsoever around him with Devontae Adams on the same field, I mean, I think that's a home run. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's supposed to be so much better than he is. Like, he's supposed to be Deontay Johnson. That's what people thought, even though even though their bodies aren't exactly the same. Right, skill set is different, but yeah. A world beater, and Juju has never really got to that level that people expected him to get to coming out of SC. So I will I will say Jacoby Myers. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I agree. You get Jacoby Myers back with Josh McDaniels and an offense he's familiar with. All the attention that's going to go to Devontae Adams still. I think, like you said, Jacoby Myers was asked to be a wide receiver one for the Patriots, and he still played pretty well. So the fact that he gets to go to the Raiders and have a bona fide, maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL right. across from him, I think Jacoby Myers is the best bet to have the best year next year out of that group. I just think Jacoby Myers is a better player than Alan Lazard, even if Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. But moving forward here, we got other free agent deals to talk about. What are some of the deals that stood out to us as maybe poor decisions? What are some deals that do make sense? We're going to get into all of that in just a second, but I know Alex is going to tell us uh, a a little more about his thoughts on uh, assigning the Arizona Cardinals made, which I think be very interesting. To hear about. So we're going to get to that in just a second. All 
All right, final segment here, Locked on NFL Thursday. Alex Lancy, Tyler Rowland. Uh, we keep it fresh here, man. <laughs> you know, it's little it's little transitions, like little things that we make easy look easy aren't easy. And that was one you didn't probably even catch it. Uh, thanks for making Locked on I'll NFL Thursday know. your first listen each and every day. There, you know, have been a a cavalcade of a uh, you know whole lump of signings across the NFL. Some you know high ticket, some high value, some middle value. Some guys getting more money than maybe expected. Ezekiel Elliott getting released needs to be discussed a little bit because we talk about the Cowboys so much. But I'm going to go first here, Tyler, and it's not going to be the one that I will mention at the end as an honorable mention. Uh, a guy that I've, you know, covered over the last handful of years out of Boston College who signed with the Denver Broncos and Zach Allen. But the franchise tag of Tony Pollard now doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so so they cut Ezekiel Elliott, okay? Uh Tony Pollard is two years older than when he should have got the starting gig to begin with. So they're looking at that. He's getting tagged for, what was it, 11.8? It's around 11 Uh, million dollars. I think it's 10.8. 10.8, okay, yeah. So just, just 11 million dollars. Them franchise tagging Tony Pollard and then releasing Ezekiel Elliott really makes me think they're going to make a play for B. John Robinson. Like, this is not a money-saving thing, in my opinion, for the ever-narcissistic Jerry Jones. If I'm them, I would give Tony Pollard a three-year deal with $25 million guaranteed. Like, this is not what they paid Zeke. Tony Pollard hasn't gotten paid jack. So far, so far in his career, you give him eighteen or twenty million dollars over three years, he's going to be elated. You're going to have your RB one for the next three seasons, and you're not going to be hamstrung with a contract like you gave Ezekiel Elliott. So I don't, I understand the optics of not paying running backs. I get it, I get it, I get it. And if Tony Pollard got the touches that Zeke got over the last couple seasons, Tony Pollard yeah. could potentially be All Pro. Right. Like, I, so, so that's one thing I don't necessarily understand when it comes to the franchise tagging of Tony Pollard and then the release of Ezekiel Elliott. Well, it'll be interesting to see if the Cowboys are able to get a long-term deal done with Tony Pollard as we get, you know, closer to the summer. Uh, Obviously, coming back from injury, I'm sure they want to see exactly how he's doing before they commit that money. But if he comes back from injury and he's feeling good, you could have cost yourself an opportunity to get him at a bargain as well by giving him the tag and not getting anything done earlier. So, will be interesting to watch there. For me, I do have to mention that I think one thing that that really stands out as as a risky decision. I'm not going to say it was a poor decision or not going to say it's not going to work, but I think it's incredibly risky for the Chiefs to continue to try to move right tackles over to left tackle and think that they're going to get great play. Um, There are plenty of people who coach offensive line and who study offensive line who say that not every lineman can just switch sides. Jawan Taylor was given a a four-year $80 million deal by the Kansas City Chiefs. They have already said they're letting Orlando Brown go. Um, but Juwan Taylor has played literally over 4,000 snaps at right tackle for Jacksonville. He, he's just not a guy who's played left tackle in, you know, four or five years since he came out of Florida. So while I think that Juwan Taylor is a good enough player to get the money that he got, he's a fantastic pass blocker as well, which obviously in Kansas City is super important with how much they pass the ball. So I right. like the player. And I don't hate the contract either, but I'm just nervous about, they did this with Orlando Brown. Kansas City traded for Orlando Brown. They said, hey, he was a right tackle. We think he can play left. So maybe, maybe the same people that identified that are the people that identified Jawan Taylor as a guy who could do it as well. But I just think you're playing a risky game by giving a guy that much money without seeing him play the position that you actually want to move him to. 
It did work out once, but I feel like it's kind of a Russian roulette situation. You can pull the trigger as many times as you want, but there's going to be a bullet in there eventually that kills you, and Jawan Taylor may be that bullet. But over, again, I don't hate the player. I, I don't hate the contract. It's just the, 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 the idea that they have of how to use him is risky to me. Sure, but I think one of the, and thank you for explaining how Russian roulette works for those who don't know. But that was a <laughs> right, that was right, a dictionary right. definition. Thank you for that. Uh, watch Deer Hunter if you want to know how Russian roulette works. Um, they have one of the benefits. They have a benefit of having one of the strongest interior offensive lines in football. So I feel like say he is going to be great at one thing from the left side of the line. He's not going to have to overcome and help having a weaker left guard when Joe Tooney's right there or Creed Humphrey at center like. Everybody in their right place in the interior allows the Chiefs to be able to maybe make a move like this on the outside when if the offensive line wasn't as strong, maybe you're not able to make this move. And I feel like they did it already. Four-year 80 million is a lot of cheese. I'm surprised they didn't re-sign it, Orlando. I'm surprised they didn't do that after. He's still not signed. I mean, he's losing money by the second. Right. And one final thing is they did it already. They won a Super Bowl. Okay, so if you mention, if they have the same path and the same stencil to move another guard to left tackle, to move move another offensive lineman to the left side, why not? They're the Chiefs. They'll figure it out. It's kind of one of those things. I, you know, before I even brought it up, I was like, give me a break. This is Kansas City. It's going to work fine. Blah, blah, blah. But I got to be honest, there aren't a lot of free agency deals that I've seen so far where I was like, oh, that's a bad deal. And the only one that I can really remember from last year was Christian Kirk. And I guess that turned out to not be a bad deal at all. So either way, that's going to do it for us today. We're going to be back with you guys next Thursday to break down more of the madness. Make sure you check out Friday's edition of the Locked On NFL podcast with your boy Q and Chris Carter. That's going to do it for me, Tyler Rowland. Going to do it for my co-host, Alex Clancy. You guys stay safe out there and enjoy free agency.